again and uh, I hope you've had a lovely day. Thanks to those who joined me a little bit earlier today when I popped into the group and uh, I've been excited to see all the all the snowy pictures as well of England so that's uh, that's very exciting. Okay do drop a, a little hello in the chat if you're there that would be great to great to see who's listening and uh, and let's uh, let's crack on. Okay so well I'm sure I won't be the or I wasn't the only one to be incredibly moved by Amanda Gorman's poem that was read at the uh, the presidential inauguration in the US this week. I, I just thought it was amazing, her poise, her confidence and her delivery and with so much conviction and so much heartfelt uh, emotion there. And in one, in one particular place, in fact, it was right at the end, it was a couple of lines that in particular uh, struck me and uh, they were, there's always light if we're brave enough to see it, brave enough to be it. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. And I think during this lockdown, so many people are suffering and struggling. And yes, leaders are being called upon to see the light and also be the light for their teams and also for their colleagues. So for those who don't know me, I'm Anne Collins, leadership coach. I work with senior leaders, executives and business owners with teams to help them get to know themselves and their leadership style, to transform it, to make a huge impact and to advance their careers. I'm passionate about helping leaders to unlock their potential and to be really the leaders they want to be. So, just before we start, uh, just a quick a quick note about, uh, well, I hope that everybody is doing okay. Um, this week, I know a lot of you have been homeschooling, so I know that many of you are still leading remotely, and it looks like it is going to continue for some time. Um, here in France, we're, uh, we're sort of in semi-lockdown. We have a curfew from 6pm, um, but during the day, the schools are open, businesses are open, um, restaurants are not, nothing like that. Um, but generally, it's uh, we're we're having it a, a bit easier than than many of you in the UK. So uh, I do I do feel for you. And today we're going to be talking a little bit more about leading remotely. So I hope you are comfortable that you have a cup of tea or whatever it is you fancy on the Sunday evening. I've got mine, my Nepal tea, uh, just uh, just sitting here beside me. So uh, we'll, I think we're ready to crack on. So today's podcast episode is part two of this little mini series. So if you've not heard part one, do press pause and go back and to last week's. If you're on the podcast or if you're in Facebook, just uh, scroll down in the feed and you'll find a video showing last week's solo podcast. Um, I'm going to be talking about the results of some research that I did. If you would like to receive the full report, do let me know. Just send me a message and I'd be very happy to share it with you. So just to recap, last time we looked at the unexpected positive outcomes of leading remotely. And today we're going to try to answer uh, the big question of, well, how did they do it? And what can we what can we do to emulate that? What strategies were successful that the leaders who I spoke to reported? And based on that, I've also uh, around some reading, I've also taken some other recommendations and uh, compiled them 
so that hopefully it gives you gives you a fairly good overview of the things that are possible and maybe that could that could help you obviously it all depends on your context and uh, nothing is a is one size fits all but maybe I'm hoping that there's going to be one or two things for everybody that they can take away and that you can try out so I have eight possible ways to further support your team remotely so the first one I know I've heard this a lot is that people are just zoomed out too many meetings has been a call however for a long time I, I would say that it's not uh, it's not only during covid that we've heard this it's been that it's it's not new to hear people saying that there have been too that there are too many meetings they're not useful that they've been called to meetings that they're not really required for so I think uh, this this is a problem too many zoom meetings but I, I think there, there was already uh, a tendency for that um, before so let's have a little look at that so whilst communication and connection are of course super super important and we'll be coming back to that the feeling of being zoomed out is is being heard very loud and clear um, something that Pilar Orti spoke about when she was on my podcast just before Christmas was the importance of using communication channels in the best way possible. And I think this is a really interesting case in point. So we need to really ask, is Zoom always the answer? Could other offline possibly methods be easier and more productive? So we have lots of simple tools like Trello, for example, which is one I love and, and just simply email. But then, of course, it needs to be in the right way. It needs to be in a way that's going to be useful for the team. But I think it's a useful question to ask, is the Zoom really necessary? And is it necessary for everybody? I think a good place to start is maybe doing an audit of communication in your team. And uh, this is very easy. You're just deciding where the, where the communication is important and what kind of channel that you need for that. What's going to be the best form for that? Where should that exchange of ideas and information and general information take place and when? So I think that's a very important one because a lot of meetings tend to be giving of information, maybe giving updates. And of course, that depends how you're how you're setting that up. But it could be that that could be done in another way. And it might even, as Pilar pointed out, actually, in her podcast, is that that could suit other people um, better. So it could mean that somebody in your team likes to have time to think, likes to have time to write things down and to to make sure that things are are expressed in the way that they really want. So I think it's that's also interesting to think that this could be an advantage for some people to have a little bit more time to think. So putting it, putting the information down in a different way could be quite an advantageous for everybody. So alongside that, so number two is linked to that and it's all about improving live meetings. So what do I mean by that? So if in my, uh, well, in my opinion, I think that keeping meetings for high level collaborative problem solving activities is, is a great way to start. Then in those times, it's, it's really a time when people are, they're working together, they're thinking, they're generating solutions, they're maybe celebrating success. Successes. They're learning from failures. There's, there's brain work going on and it's very active for all involved. 
So I think avoiding meetings for these kind of general updates is one way to help with that. And also by general updates, I mean that day to day organization that could be perhaps done in a in an easier way. And in fact, many of many of the leaders that I spoke to, they reported that they had changed the format of their live meetings. Um, they had they had spent more time celebrating successes and the efforts of their teams, and they had made an extra special effort to really respect people's time, which I think at the moment, especially with people uh, homeschooling as well, it's it's truly appreciated, and I think everybody wins. One of the leaders talked about a phrase um, that they use in their work. And this brings us on to our third point, which is a little bit different. He said the phrase that he uses and in his workplace, they say it's okay to not be okay." And I would add to that, and it's okay to talk about it. And apparently just bringing this phrase on board and talking about it openly had great results and it opened up the channels of communication around mental health in the teams. Now, there is clearly a need to pay extra attention to the groups that we talked about last week. Um, Some of those, for example, parents, single parents in particular, those on their own, etc. So do go back to the previous uh, episode if you'd like more information on that. However, I think there's also another aspect to this, that leaders need to pay attention to their own mental health and to recognise a need for time off, to find a new balance between home life and work life and to give themselves permission to look after themselves. And this this actually didn't come through very clearly in the research. So this is a suggestion from me that I think is is extremely important. I think leaders are very conscientious and very aware that they're supporting their teams. But also as leaders, you need to also put time aside for yourselves and to look after yourselves. Number four and it's linked to mental health issues in one sense, is about having real conversations. And I think this is such an important point and it was raised almost unanimously by the leaders that I spoke to. And how did they do it? Well, they made time. They made time for real connection. They planned it into their calendars. They they fine-tuned their listening skills. Many of them said, even just without thinking about it, their listening skills were were greatly improved just because they were they were forced forced to develop those very quickly. Now, making time for each individual in a team is obviously, you know, it's it's quite idealistic, isn't it? And I think that needs to come with a bit of a warning. Um, as the as the research went on, I would say the people that I in, uh, um, spoke to towards December, they were finding that more difficult because it does take a lot of time. So I would say, yes, l- more communication, more individualized communication is, of course, a great thing. But let's be realistic as well. Um, how much time that takes and maybe a way forward is to wonder well how can we use these great live meetings and how can we use those to promote 
better conversations, better communications, so that those individual meetings are not required perhaps for everybody um, so frequently. So just to, just be careful of that. And uh, because I think I know that some of you have teams of 70 people and obviously speaking to 70 people plus is not going to be possible on a weekly basis and not week in, week out anyway. So we, I think it's really important to be realistic about that and to, as I say, use the meetings as a chance. You can use the breakout rooms in Zoom anyway. That's very easy to do. I, I don't know about Teams. I haven't used it. But using the breakout rooms, making time for that conversation uh, where, where you've already got meetings planned can maybe help to, um, to just use your time better in that respect. Number five, many of them talked also about broadening their own leadership style. And I thought this was very interesting. And, uh, and when we talked more about it, I would say what they were talking about is really becoming um, more of a coach as a leader, which is something that's been around for a long time. It's certainly something that I do a lot of training on. And, and they found that this was very useful. It kept morale high because when you're asking questions, not just giving answers, you can uh, you have a chance to really discuss. You're giving the power in a way back to somebody. You're empowering them to take decisions. So that's a, a really important thing. It also builds stronger personal relationships because you're opening up that dialogue. And, and here you're going back to the connection. So imagine if you have a live meeting and you're able to use a coaching leadership style within that live meeting, then you're, you're managing to do an awful lot of connection but just in in that one meeting time so again layering it up I think is uh, is is perhaps a way to think about it in uh, for number six I think for many of us in 2020 we were in crisis mode I think it's fair to say and I would suggest now that we need to try as much as possible, and I know this is difficult and it's not possible for everybody, is to try to switch from crisis mode to thriving in difficult times mode. Um, and I think this is so important, not just for future proofing your business or organization, but also for developing your own leadership skills for the future. It's a, it's a great opportunity, actually, to develop your leadership during this time. And I think it's also it's it's easier for everybody. I think it's it has a different feel about it if we move from crisis to okay, these are difficult times, but we're still going to thrive as far as we can, as much as we can, because we're going to uh, work together and we're still, we can move forward. Maybe not in the way that we've thought, maybe not in the way that we had imagined, but we can still move forward. We can still make progress in other ways. Number seven, I would say that the, the biggest concern after my interviews with leaders for me was the management of energy by leaders themselves. And and I really feel this must be a priority for leaders. And it comes back to uh, what I talked about just earlier about mental health. I think it's it's a real necessity and it seems to be something that leaders are, are putting still at the bottom of the list for many people. Now, for those who attended my December workshops, you know that uh, uh, I think a lot about using time and energy, but then putting those together and, and instead of thinking just about time, really thinking about energy. Because with energy, when we spend energy, when we use energy, we need to also 
replenish and we need to boost that. With time, it's different. With time, it's gone. It's lost. It's a very, uh, it's a different kind of mindset. We're always, we're always racing against that clock. But if we think about energy, for a start, I think it's much more empowering. I think it gives us more control over what we're doing. And, and I would argue it makes, it makes decisions much, much easier. If we've done a lot of work, well, then we still need to replenish that energy somehow. And what does that mean for you, for everybody that's going to be different? And as I talked about on in the December course, you know, this is this doesn't mean you need to go to a spa and to sit with pretty candles around. This could be absolutely anything and it will be different for every person. It might be sitting with a book. It might be sitting for me, for example, literally sitting with a cup of tea in my hands when it's cozy inside and you're just sitting quietly on the sofa, that for me is fine. Five minutes of that, that replenishes me. So whatever it is for you, think about that and really focus on that, I would. I would suggest because it's it's very important. So that's the first thing for that. The second thing is to leverage your own network. And this is something that I noticed quite a few of the leaders that I spoke to were doing. And by that, I mean, they were not only just reaching out to their colleagues in their own businesses or their organization, they were also reaching out a bit further. Some of them were going back to classmates that they'd had whilst doing an MBA, for example. Others were reaching out to colleagues from other companies that they'd worked with previously. Um, so reaching out to that network, getting, getting support from elsewhere, talking to other people, because nobody has been in this situation before. Nobody is an expert in this. We're all learning together. So reach out. And even if you don't learn a lot from that conversation, you might be able to help someone else. And, and the conversation is probably going to uh, replenish a bit of energy anyway. And along that note as well, I, I think that what was interesting that many of the leaders said to me at the end of the conversation that they had found the actual conversation that we'd had useful. And when I asked them why, it was because it, they found it very interesting to take a step back and to debrief. And I think that that possibility to debrief, to really to take that step back, and especially when we've been in crisis mode for such a long time as well, that needs sometimes a very deliberate step back. So making time to debrief, that could be with colleagues, it could just simply be writing things down, it's, it, however you want to do it. But that debriefing, I think, can be very helpful just to get clarity on the situation and on what you want to do now to move this forward, as I said, away from crisis mode into thriving in difficult times mode. Finally, I think extraordinarily, extraordinary leaders are needed in extraordinary times. And I think that this is going to be uh, the case for some time to come. So my final message to you is to nurture your future leaders, because it's quite easy in these times when things are, uh, when we are operating in this slightly different mode, to forget that that long term development of future leaders is so important. Important. So 
I would suggest that to keep looking around, keep looking into your team, keep looking, who can you help? Who can you train? Who can you support so that they can be ready to step up and when they're, when they're needed? Because we will need lots of good leaders. That's for sure. We're going to need them. They're going to be in demand and the role is going to be more demanding than ever. So we need to keep that going. We can't let that stop during this time. So I would uh, I would just ask you to just make a little note of that. So when you're doing your debriefing, where is that on your list? So keep keep that in mind, because as the year goes on, as the following years go on, that's that's going to be a very, very important um, part of what leaders are needing to do is to get the next generation of future leaders ready. And I'll talk about that another time because I think there's a lot there's a lot to say about that. So just going back to the call to look for light and to be the light. I think, you know, looking for the light and keeping positive with hope and serving your teams. In fact, you are being the light. And so, you know, also congratulate yourselves on what you are doing, because I know that you are working very, very hard to support your teams. So just um, be be um, be ready to look at what you're doing and to be happy as well at all the all the things that you've put in place, because I know that so many of you have already put in so many extra things in place to help your teams. So as a final word, just don't forget yourselves. Don't leave yourselves at the bottom of the list. Maybe try and try and put yourselves at the top of the list for this week and uh, and see what happens. Okay, I would as a final note, I would just like to say if you need any further support or advice or you'd like to talk to me about any of those issues, then please feel free to send me a message. We can always have a 30 minute chat. I'm always very, very happy to do that for our leaders uh, in the Love to Lead community. So do get in touch. I'd be delighted. Okay, well, I am going to leave you there just to say that this week we have our Tuesday Zoom, which is all about stop the micromanaging and start delegating. So that's an interesting one. And uh, and then, of course, we have the Leading with Courage Masterclass that is uh, is starting next week. So not tomorrow, but the following week. And if you'd like to sign up for that, please do. Please reserve your place and I'll be looking forward to seeing you there. Well, thanks very much. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.